Um, but I just want to make sure that you're aware of it. And yeah, we can give a quick shout out to Maddie because she's the one. Who's <laughs> Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, and speaking of Maddie, she's going to take a few moments and hand out uh, just a Jolly Rancher to everyone uh, because I believe in sharing the wealth um, and sharing is caring and it can be fun. Uh, so really quick, uh, Kyle, we actually don't, we've got another info coming. This is the stipulation for this uh, Jolly Rancher before you open it, okay? When you get the Jolly Rancher, do not open it. Do not put it in your mouth yet because I want to provide you with the stipulation. In accepting this Jolly Rancher and opening it up, and put hey, children, no fighting. I'll tell your parents. Susan, just kidding. In taking on this Jolly Rancher, when you open it up, here's the challenge. You can put it in your mouth and eat it, but here's what you cannot do: is you cannot swallow at all. You can't swallow or spit it off. You keep it, it all in your mouth. Don't swallow, don't nothing, okay? That's the stipulation. So go ahead and open up your Jolly Rancher and pop it in your mouth. And let's see if you can handle it, because I'm not sure many of you can. And while we do that, uh, we're going to continue on because there's a reason uh, I'm doing this, and so I want you to know that. So has everyone put Jolly Rancher in the mouth? The challenge is don't swallow because it's not awesome. I want to read this passage, um, then I'm going to pray, and then I'll explain it. It says this in Proverbs chapter 28, we're going to read verse 2. It says, when a country is rebellious, it has many rulers. So you're just like, I don't like that word rebellious because you've been called that all your life. It's time to change your person. But a ruler with discernment, or another word, or another transition says understanding and knowledge maintains order. Tonight we're going to talk about this topic that, like I said earlier, may not be the easiest or most fun topic to talk about, but I think because we get it misunderstood. We're talking about this idea of addictions, and so I want to define this word of addictions. Kyle Brown, stop it. Okay. It says this. This is a, a Christian psychologist has defined this word for us because I think we misunderstand what this word means. It says addiction is a sin that you cannot seem to stop because it has great power over you. Some of us can relate to that. We know what that's like. In this way, it is a self-selected enslavement to an idol. And I want to pitch this idea to you that addiction is simply idolatry. See, we live in a culture and a society that likes to label things and define things, and then when we make that label and definition, then it becomes an identity. And so when addictions happen, all of a sudden we become identified by this quote-unquote disease that we now have. So we are now a victim of a disease rather than an owner of a choice. Addictions is simply put, idolatry. And I, I want to pull two words out of this definition, and then I'll get right back to the Jolly Rancher. I hope you guys are doing okay with it. Somebody's like, I'm already done. But it's good. There's two words that this Christian psychologist uses that I want us to take uh, special focus on. The first word he uses is a sin. An addiction is a sin. See, truthfully, we get addicted to a lot of things. We get addicted to money. 
alcohol, sex, internet, drugs, video games. Some of you are like, you can't get addicted to video games. Yep, video games is on there. Cell phones. Some of you can't go an hour and a half without being on your cell phone during a youth service. What? Hello. Cell phones, gambling, shopping, sports, lying, etc. Sin, when we, while in the right context, many of these things can be great and bring enjoyment, the truth of the matter is, when they become the object of our desires, our affections, they become an idol, we become enslaved, and then they are sinful. So an, an addiction is a sin first and foremost. The second word, or the second phrase I want to bring up is self-selected. Now what he means by this is he literally means it's a choice that we make to pursue. And addiction is not something we are a victim of. It's something we choose to do. Now, the funny thing is, some of you have been trying your hardest not to swallow with all of the juice. I actually tried this earlier. It didn't work. Because it's a natural reflex to what? Swallow. Swallow, especially when your mouth is full of saliva and... So some of you just didn't pay attention. But here's the crazy thing. Some of you didn't even hear half of what I just said. You can go ahead and swallow. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Because here's my point. Some of you couldn't even pay attention to what I was saying because you were so focused on trying not to swallow all of the juice, all of the spit, because it's good flavor, right? I promise you. I tried this earlier as I was driving, and I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna man up, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. And like three seconds in, out of natural reflex, like, dang it! But here's the crazy thing: it consumes your mind and your attention, much like something we're addicted to. See, even sitting here. You can hear all of the answers, even in the middle of worship. You can be like, man, oh my God, I just can't get it in my mind. I can't, I can't get that desire, that urge, that temptation, that thought, that choice, that action. I can't get it out of my head. I want this guy to shut up and stop speaking so I can go back home and play my video game. I can't stop thinking about it. And much like this simple Jolly Rancher illustration, that's what addiction is like. If I were to ask you, what in your life could you not live without? How would you answer that? Rhetorical question, I don't need you to answer it. Would you literally say, I couldn't, I couldn't live without my boyfriend or my girlfriend? I couldn't live without my BFF for life. I couldn't live without money. I couldn't live without my phone. Lord forbid we go a day without a phone. No. I couldn't go without buying new clothes and shopping. New pair of shoes every week. Still have a thousand pairs that have their price tags. What could you not live without? Video games? That person? Could you take three days off and not play a single minute of video games? The crazy thing is, is I couldn't. There was a point in my life where I could not. And then I got married and my wife got really mad at me because that's what I did in my free time. And you know what? God will use a really good thing to change your life quickly. What in your life 
is like that jolly rancher. See, Proverbs 28.2 says this, that when a country is rebellious, it has many rulers, but a ruler with understanding and knowledge maintains order. What does that even mean, and how does that even apply to what we're doing right now? What does that mean? How does that even have anything to do with addiction? How does that have anything to do with what we're talking about today? I don't want to break this down for us because I think it's important. And I'm not talking about like rapping because I'm white and I can't do that. <laughs> but I'm talking about breaking down the passage so we can understand a little bit clearer what Proverbs is telling us. And so I want us to think for a moment, when a country is rebellious, what does that even mean? See, our rebellion, think about it in a personal way. Our rebellion, for you and for me, literally reveals our sinfulness. When we rebel is because we think that we know better. When we rebel is because we choose blatantly not to. When your mom asks you to take out the garbage, young man, and you're like, yeah, mom, I'll do it tomorrow. Peace. That's called rebellion. That's called blatant disregard and dishonoring of your parents, which the Bible is very clear about in Exodus. Mind you. Preach this about that anyways. It's 2015. Rebellion reveals our sinfulness. We rebel against the direction and lead of God's Holy Spirit as he leads us to a life of fulfillment and satisfaction. Do you believe God wants you to be satisfied with life? Then when you make choices contrary to what his leading is, you're rebelling against him and his direction. Psalm 1611, 9 through 11 is a really good passage that I want you to write down in your Bible or take notes on your phone because we don't have half sheets because that's my fault. It's not perfect. Psalm 16, 9 through 11. It's the promise of God leading us to life. See, when a country is rebellious, our rebellion reveals our sinfulness. You know, person, in case you didn't know this, you're sinful. I'm not because I'm the pastor and I have the microphone. Just kidding. We are all sinful. Romans 3.23 says that for all have sinned. There's not a single person in the history of the universe minus Jesus that has been perfect. We have all sinned and fallen short of God's standard of living. When a country is rebellious, what does it say? It has many rulers. Why? It has many rulers because it yields to many things and not the one true governing reality. When a country is rebellious or when a person is rebellious, he doesn't honor, they don't honor the true sovereign supreme authority in the world. His name is God. He created the heavens and the earth, created you, created me. We rebel against where God is leading us and rather than serving him, we serve multiple other gods, meaning our idols or our desires or the things our heart is all about. What's that thing you couldn't give up? Well, I could give up anything, really. I dare you to challenge God in that. Because there's things in all of us that we're unwilling to give up. Some of us it's secret sin. I just can't tell you. Yeah. I'm doing good, guys. Jesus is awesome. My Bible reading is amazing. I read one verse in I haven't done that in six years. <laughs> it was cool. And it was the verse that Aaron had us read on the other night. It was awesome. What in your life are you unwilling to yield because then you're worshiping someone or something else? When I was in junior high, I worshiped girls because I thought that that was the next step in my progression of life. 
I just need a girlfriend. I just need. I think in my two and a half years, three years of junior high, I had like four girlfriends, and they lasted for about a month each. And in between each girlfriend, I ended up. So you're saying that's it? Yeah, that's it. That's a lot for me. Okay. I had a high pitched voice for a long time. Apparently, girls don't like that. But I was cool. I think. Idolatry prevents us from living in the freedom Christ died to give us. Because we're worshiping multiple gods and not the one true God. Addiction is simply idolatry at its extreme. Meaning we've fashioned and created other things that we want to worship. It has many rulers when a country is rebellious. But a ruler with discernment and knowledge maintains order. This is a contrast with, with people of discernment and knowledge, meaning the combination of two can and should be understood as wisdom, which Proverbs reminds us in two places that we use Proverbs 1 and Proverbs 9, to fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the challenge for me today is, what in your life is taking God's place in your heart? Because there's things in our lives, maybe it's pride. I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm doing okay. The moment we think that we can accomplish our own salvation is the moment we've gone too far. And the moment we need to recognize immediately. So what's the problem? Why, why are you and I rebellious? Why are you and I so all the time caught up to worship other things besides God? The problem simply is sin. Oh, okay. Cool, it's not my fault. Kinda. Because we're all sinful. We're all sinful. You are predisposed for sin. Anybody like Swedish fish? Anybody should you need some Swedish fish? How much sugar are you gonna give us today? This is literally a picture. Of what sin is like. Genesis tells us that sin is crouching at our door. Its desire is to have control over us. And God literally is telling Cain, who killed his brother, is the first murderer, that you must master it. But the funny thing, some of you learn to be thinking, like, I really want that, but you know, I could I could eat around the hook. <laughs> I, like right here there's no hook I could just eat that part of it you know the crazy thing it's the exact problem with our lives we think we can get close to the hook but not hooked you know the funny thing is so do a bunch of fish you mean some fish this is a very accurate picture of sin in our lives and here's the thing you can try as you want and try as... I, I'm just not going to... like. I don't want Swedish fish now. But in the back of my like, man, why that package that you took them from? <laughs> you try to change your behavior so you don't get hooked. And the crazy thing is we, it's not a behavior problem. You can come to church, young person. You can give all the money in the world. You can be at church serving 24-7. And you know what's not going to happen? You're not going to be free to sin. You can stop. You can gouge your eyes out. 
and you're still going to lust. You're still going to desire things that you don't have. Why? Because sin is not a matter of behavior. It's a matter of the heart. You and I have a heart of sin. Aren't you glad you came to The problem is sin. You are predisposed to want to grab this hook, both hooks, and eat the Swedish fish off of them. Whether you like them or not, this is a simple picture of our lives. I ate two before I started preaching, and I'm like, oh, I can eat some more. He's on the hook. Because <laughs> I'm simple. This is our lives. So where then is our hope? There is not a we just came. So we're just like, did he just say that? Yes, I did. We must first come to understand before we ever find freedom that we are sinful and we need a savior. We must first come to grips with the fact that we are all sinful. That no matter how hard I try not to look at that website, that no matter how hard I try not to play video games, no matter how hard I try not to spend all of my money on clothes, on drugs, on coffee, because there's some coffee addicts in here. Oh, where is my hair that? Try as hard as I could to wake up early at 6 p.m., but I'm addicted to sleep. Try as hard as I could. You know what happens? Rarely do I accomplish my own salvation. When we recognize the fact that we are sinful, when we recognize the fact that inside of our hearts we worship other things that are not God, I mentioned this verse last week, and I think it's so powerful. It's a picture that we all have to wrap our heads around. Romans 1, 20 to 25 says this, that man is without excuse. Why? Because God created the world and put his divine qualities, his invisible qualities in the world. So you and I would be without excuse. And I wish the story ended there. But it continues on. It says, in my paraphrase, it says that man knew God but didn't care to worship him. They didn't glorify him. They didn't care about him. They began to create different images. They created different idols and began worshiping those. And it says this in Romans 1. I think it's 23. Therefore, maybe it's 25. Therefore, God gave them over to the lust of their heart. They exchanged natural realities for unnatural things. Because Why would God give us over when his passion is for us to experience life? Have you ever thought about that? It's a major wrestling point for me. Like, why would you give us over? 
you know the worst feeling in the world is? Some of you know this, some of you don't. Because you're just amazing. Is rejection. You know those moments when I'll go home and I'll hear my daughter. And the moment I open the garage, you can hear her kind of get excited because she knows someone's home. And if she's with mommy, she knows it's daddy. And if she's with daddy, she knows it's mommy. It's pretty cool. Because my daughter's amazingly smart. I think she's smarter than me already. And I remember I'll stand by the door and I'll crack it open so that way she can actually open it because she hasn't figured out how to turn the knob yet, which is a really good thing. And I just sat there squatting down yesterday, I think it was, just waiting for her to come by. And she wasn't coming. I was like, well, that sucks. Maybe she thinks that I haven't come in yet. So I kind of pushed the door a little bit. And I hear her say to Cassie, Daddy's home. She comes running to the door and she opens the door and I'm literally sitting right there with like face to face. And I'm like, hi, baby girl. And she smiles. I'm like, can I have a hug? And she's like, <laughs> we rejected God. To understand the reality of this, of our decision, He freely gave. That's what you want. Have you ever heard in any kind of like romance story? I just want her to be happy. So if I don't get to be with her, that's okay. And all the girls are like, yeah, I just want that for my life. That's the story of God to us. We rejected God. We neither glorified nor worshiped him, even though we know who he was. Therefore, he gave us over. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God created so many things. And if he didn't directly create, then you know what he ended up doing? Giving us the ingenuity to create. He's still the author of invention. And yet you and I wrestle with all the time. Our desire is not for our creator, our desire is for creative things. So what's the solution? How do we even find hope? Because you and I are predisposed to always want to go back to the Swedish fish on a hook. And we think, I could just get a little taste and be satisfied for a while. And young person, that won't work for a while. You just get one little taste and you're like, okay, I'm good for a week. I just get one little taste and I'm good for two weeks. But all of a sudden, as you nibble away at these fish, guess what happens? The hook is more and more ready to grab a hold. Because we're predisposed, no matter how hard we try, to always go back to the bait hook. So where's the hope? Where's the solution? It's in the cross. of Jesus Christ because our behavior does not change anything it only gives us the pride thinking I can fix this if I go to church enough I can fix this 
If I give enough, I can fix this. If I just stop hanging out with those people, I can fix this. If I try really hard, get rid of all of my stuff, I can fix this. That person is not a behavior issue, it's a heart issue. You know what Jesus did not come and die on a cross for you to do? To go to church more. He did not come and die on a cross for you to ignore friends because you think that's going to happen. He did not die on a cross for you to be able to throw stuff away and be free from everything. You know why he died on the cross? To redeem your heart. To restore your life. To change your heart. You know the only way that you'll never have a desire for this is if you don't ever desire sweetest fish. You know where this loses its power? Some of you are just like, this is a bad illustration because I'm not at all desiring sweetest fish. That's where the illustration comes in. In order for this to have no power over your life, aka sin over your life, you have to lose the desire to sin. You know why I never had a desire to drink? Because I hate the taste of alcohol. Because God put something in me when I was super young where I was like, I don't ever want to go down that path. So even though I've had a couple sips when I was of the right age, in the right environment, I was like, this stuff is garbage. Give me a Dr. Pepper in the name of Jesus. So he's like, gross. It's okay. I love it. We literally have to have our hearts changed. You know the crazy thing is? It is a process. It's not a moment. You know what that desire in us should cause us to do? Rather than chase after this, rather than running after this, the desire should not be, man, I really want one, so I'm just going to take one. It should remind us every day when we look at someone, when we desire to gamble, when we desire to play video games that consuming our life, when we desire to have the wrong friends, you know what it should cause us to do? God, I need you today. I am broken. I am sinful. I am hopeless. I need you today. See, some of you, I believe, genuinely had a moment with God today. Where God's lifting the weight that you're feeling. And you didn't need to respond this evening after a message. That you needed to respond in the moment. And now you're going to go home. And you're left with the one now. Romans 1 would tell us to turn to Jesus and worship him. The moment that desire or temptation or hunger or thirst for things that are not of God arises, you know what your response should be? God, I need you. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to have that again. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be identified with this. We must always because thousands of years ago he died on the cross he took your sins and forgave you you know what forgiveness means? it means that you have accepted someone's apology no, 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 no forgiveness in Colossians 1 14 says this for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins it literally means that he's cancelled our debt You know what's awesome about it? Canceling out debt. There's nothing to hold you back. You're free to live. You're free 
to live in a way that's vibrant and generous and full. But it starts with recognizing, man, my heart is sinful and I need a redeemer, I need a savior, I need a healer. And his name is Jesus. Last thought is this. First John 5, 21 says that John, clarity, John spends five chapters telling us how to live a godly life. And then he tells us this, the very last sentence of the book of First John. He says, dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Another translation says this, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. You know what you're going to do tomorrow, young person? You know what you're going to do tonight, young person? Some of you are going to go and play video games and stay up until 2 or 3 in the morning playing video games. You're going to let it consume your life. Some of you are going to start gossiping about your best friend. Some of you are going to start talking bad about something. Some of you are going to start having thoughts and temptations to do things you know you shouldn't. You know what you're going to do, young person? You're going to begin to turn away from Jesus, even though you had a moment and an encounter tonight. But you know what that should that should cause us to do? To be ready and on guard that when I go home, I know that sin is crouching at my door. Its desire is to have me. So the moment that that temptation arises, God, I need you. That tomorrow morning when you wake up, the moment that temptation arises, God, I need you today. The moment of school tomorrow. And you really just, I can't stand that person. God, I need you. Forgive me. I need you. It says, though a righteous person may stumble and fall, catch this because it says that you will fall. It's not says you maybe you'll fall. But though a righteous person will stumble and fall, what happens? They sit on the ground and cry. No, it says they rise again. God's grace is sufficient for us, and our weakness is perfect. Person, my question to you tonight is what's standing in the way of you completely turning to Jesus? And will you turn to Jesus tomorrow, tonight, the next day, the next minute, the next hour, the next second, the next opportunity? Will you turn to Jesus? And I can go on and on, and I'm already long and already way past time, but I need you to catch this because addictions are not something that identifies us. It's a recognition of sin in our lives and we have to be willing to fight. Because if not, good luck enjoying life. You're going to lose hope, you're going to give up, and you're done. So tonight I just want to do this one quick thing and then we'll dismiss. What in your hearts needs healing? If someone has a broken leg, they're not going to walk around with a broken leg. Like, well, this is my new existence. I'm just, I'm just made this way. I now have a broken leg, and that's it. What was me? No, they're going to go to a doctor. They're going to get it checked out. They're going to get an X-ray on it. They're going to put a cast on it because they want it to heal. Why? Let's walk around with the rest of their life with a broken leg. No one wakes up in the morning like, man, I just really hope that I'm addicted to porn. No one is like, you know what, I really hope that I don't have any friends. I really hope that I can gossip about that person tomorrow. No. No one believes that our intention in our heart is that I want your best. 
but it depends on the choice when temptation arises. And here's the thing, when you mess up, what are you going to do about it? Oh, no one really caught me, so it's okay. No, Because we all need Jesus. I'm not perfect. I wish I was. Oh, man, I'm so awesome. But God's plan and His purpose for you is to prosper and not to harm. To give you a hope and a future in your person. So will you turn to Jesus? Or are you going to enjoy the bait on hope? Are you going to walk around broken, accepting that that's your lot in life? Or are you going to surrender everything to Jesus and I need you? So just every eye closed and every head bowed just for a moment. No one's looking around. 